beautiful friends. It's episode six of the Badland Girls. I'm Destiny. And I'm Rhea. How's it going, Rhea? It's going. I took a nap before this, so I am all rested up to record our podcast today. That's nice. Did you get up really early? Yeah, Thor woke me up because he was hungry. He has to have a special GI diet now because the older he gets, the more stomach problems he gets. So I have to feed him this fancy uh, $50 a month canned food. Wow. And uh, so he wakes me up if I sleep in for too long and he's not having it. (laughs) Aww. But I love my cat. Yeah. He slept on my lap when I fell asleep. That's so sweet. I feel like I've... I feel like I've gone into, I've transformed into my full quarantine self, which is sleeping, sitting up on the couch with a blanket and a cat on my lap. <laughs> this sounds pleasant. It is pleasant. This is the first time, <laughs> a positive quarantine things, this is the first time in forever that I'm actually looking forward to winter. Oh, really? Just because yes. you know you're not going to have to go anywhere? Exactly. I don't have to drive to work or worry about that. I get to stay at home, you know, hold a cup of hot chocolate, have my cat on my lap, watch the snow, and just relax. That's a really good point. I'm going to embrace that attitude as well, where, yeah, I usually do do not look forward to winter, but this year it's going to be cozy. Yes. I mean, think about how cozy you're going to be, my friend who was always cold. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have... I mean, I'm wearing a blanket right now, and it's very hot outside. Uh, I mean, I'm indoors. It's 95 today. Yeah, it's 95 degrees, but I get cold so easily under air conditioning. I can't stand it. But at least it's easy to just throw on a blanket. No, I, you know, I have, I'm such a Linus myself, even though I'm mostly hot most of the time. I like having a throw on my legs when I'm sitting on the couch, no matter (laughs) what the weather. Linus with your blankie. Yeah. Aww. And now Thor has kind of been like, oh, so you're just going to be here all the time with this blanket on you? Guess I'll finally sit on your lap after six years. Isn't that bra- uh, strange? It is, but I appreciate it. I I've do also... too. I'm glad you have a lap cat now. Yeah, thank you. I've also been gearing up because our season approacheth destiny. I know. I haven't really... I should get out my decorations. I've, I haven't really had a chance to, like, get decorated up for Halloween. and I've been watching horror movies, but, like, that's it. Yeah, I'm on, a, I'm on a mission to watch 31 horror movies for Halloween. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be challenging. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm doing a monthly challenge, but it's way more woo-woo. What is the woo-woo challenge? It, it, it is uh, 31 days of shadow work. What is shadow work? Shadow work is this uh, concept that comes out of Carl Jung where he th- says that everybody has a shadow side, which is all the stuff that you repress and disown about yourself. And uh, unless you like integrate the shadow fully, you will not be like, a fully realized human being like you're there's a lot of unlimited potential and gold in the shadow that you can integrate into your actual personality so there's like i found a prompt online a prompt list online for october 
of 31 like tarot exercises and journaling prompts that help you kind of get to know your shadow and help you like face it and overcome all your like uh repressed disowned uh sub personalities <laughs> this is fascinating can you send this to me sure it, it okay. all you need is a deck of tarot cards i can I can send you the spreads that because there's a couple of spreads you have to know and then uh, it's just a list of journal prompts but it was developed by this person online whose name I can't remember I will put it in the show notes and uh, that is what I'm doing in October I might also join you in this horror movie uh, challenge just because I think it sounds really fun and I'm not doing October this year so I need a, a project yeah I actually uh, I was going to ask you on the podcast live recording uh i think we should compile a list of um of 31 horror movies that we recommend everyone else to watch because you and i have such a great pull of horror movies to recommend to everybody oh yeah we're we're old pros at this stupid genre (laughs) (laughs) it's not a stupid genre it's actually my favorite genre like it is so my favorite genre after watching The Boys, I... The Boys? Oops, that's a TV show. After oh. watching The Boy, I'm on this quest to watch what I would refer to as kind of mediocre run-of-the-mill horror movies because I feel like I tend to avoid those. And I always go for, like, the the kind of cult ones, the homage ones, the old ones, and the artsy ones. And I'm like, no, I'm going to watch some run-of-the-mill <laughs> PG-13 horror movies. I already have a pretty good list of them. <laughs> That's kind of exciting. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to go for stuff I haven't seen before. Like, yeah. maybe a mix of that and old favorites if I get stuck. Oh, man. Seeing horror movies with you is one of my favorite things to do. I think the last horror movie we saw together was Midsommar. I think so, too, which was so long ago. It was. God. Oh, boy. But that was a good one, though. That was a good one to see in a theater together with you. Oh, I also miss going to the theater with you. I um, know that our local draft house is open, but I'm just not ready. No, I actually read a report that said um, it's actually really dangerous to go to a theater even with masks on and stuff for COVID and and shit like that. So, What about restaurants? Is it the same sort of risk? Yeah, because you take your mask off for a little bit, I think is what it is. And there's just so many people around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's why I haven't gone to a restaurant. And, And in fact, like even the ones with outdoor dining, I'm like, no, we're still too close together. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know. I just feel like, ah, God, I can go on forever. But uh, yeah, I think that anything where even if you take your mask off for a little bit, it just puts you at a higher risk for infection. Yeah, that's no good. No. Speaking of Halloween, uh, let's discuss that Animal Crossing update that dropped because I nearly screamed and ran out of my house maskless. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing that most excited me was the uh, update, because I've never done this before, where you can do skin color changes. Yes! 
and eye color changes to make yourself look spooky. That ruled. I was yeah. so shocked when I saw that. And then um, I was just, there were so many little things like that was really surprising. And then there's reactions where you can do scary reactions, which excites me. Yeah. And um, the pumpkin planet planting, I already made a pumpkin patch in my, uh, on my island in preparation for this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like I spent um, all morning building it. I'm like ready for these fucking pumpkins. Yes. I, I need to do that because I, I still have a flower explosion on my island and I need to like clean it up real bad. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the fall. Yes. Oh Halloween. man. I am so ready for it. I just finished uh, re-terraforming. I think I mentioned that I was re-terraforming my, terraforming my whole island in an earlier episode, but I just finished that whole re-terraforming and I'm quite pleased with how it turned out. And so I have, but I still have a few big open spaces that need to be filled by something and I don't know what to fill them up with yet, but um, as it stands, like I'm pretty fucking excited for this update. I also really like that the villagers seem to have unique costumes uh, yeah. tailored to their little personalities, which I think is adorable. It's so cute. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't remember if they wore costumes in the previous games. The I, previous I know game? That... New Leaf? Yeah. Okay. In New Leaf, the gimmick was you had to buy these Halloween masks from Timmy and Tommy, and you had to go around and ask your villagers, and well, not ask them, but talk to them and find out what they were most scared of. And then on Halloween, you would choose the mask that they were the most scared of and scare them with it. And then you also had to guess what um, what a villager was scaring you with a mask, which was pretty easy to figure <laughs> out given their personality type. And then when you succeeded in both of those things, they gave you a piece of candy. And then if you collected enough pieces of candy, you could give them to Jack and Jack would start to give you some of that spooky furniture. Okay. That's what it was. I was yeah. like, I remember there being masks, but I couldn't remember what exactly you did. And I knew there was candy involved and I know there's candy involved in this new update as well. Like you have to kind of stock up on it and give it out on Halloween. Yeah. So I'm really curious cute. to, they're, they're being kind of cagey about it because I saw Jack there and I did see that you can give candy to your villagers, but the only thing they tipped off so far is a couple of the DIY recipes for the pumpkins that you grow, which yeah, that's um, true. I've seen like a spooky fence and like this jack-o'-lantern lantern thing, but I know there's more and I want to see it so bad. <laughs> I, I already have a graveyard in my town. Oh, yeah, I have a little one, a very small graveyard. <laughs> yes. I don't want to, like, spend a bunch of time collecting stone to make more headstones. That's, like, the hardest part, because they're 30 stone a piece. Yeah. And it's well, like, if you need oh, stones, I can mail you some stones. I would I love have, that. Cause, yeah, I have that's... way too many stones. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped hoarding crafting materials because I was like, I just, I'm running out of space. Yeah. And, and I didn't do much of the DIY. In fact, I don't think I've done any of the DIYs for this acorn pine cone season i don't have any recipes i just have the one that isabel gives you i'm really bad about playing every day so yeah, i need fine. to get back on it so i can get my fall uh my cute fall furniture because i actually wanted to make a room 
that was like autumnal in my house. Yeah, is is this the mushroom season or is that more November? Uh, I don't think this is the mushroom season. Okay, I think I just this is a... the pumpkin season. Okay, and the next season must be mushrooms. Okay, because I just had a villager move in, uh, Deidre. She's a little uh, uh, sisterly deer. I love her. And her whole house looks like a a forest in the fall, and she has all mushroom furniture, and I thought of you. Oh, I would have screamed. You should just start sending her furniture so she'll send you furniture. (laughs) I don't know if that still works, but in the old games, you could do that. Like, if they... If you sent them, like, a big fucking bed, they would just send you the furniture that they replaced with with your bed. Oh, Uh, man. Yeah. I uh, super love the mushroom furniture. I'm really excited for that, because that hasn't come up yet. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be a November thing. Yeah, they also tease, since Mario is 35 years old this year, they also tease they're doing some Super Mario uh homage in the game which i've missed that because remember that in new leaf with the fortune cookies yeah that's i was wondering if they were going to do something like that again because i actually liked all the weird extra nintendo content in new leaf i didn't appreciate it enough back then because i was just starting to get into nintendo but now i super appreciate it after playing a bunch of nintendo games and i'm like where is all the nintendo furniture and then uh, I watched their big Nintendo Direct about all the Mario stuff they're doing. And they said that they were having a Mario update with Animal Crossing. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. The one thing they need to do is update the museum to have those extra showrooms. Yes, come on. <laughs> I agree. I mean, they need to add a coffee shop, too. That's what's yes. really missing. Did but... you see that one Japanese girl that made her own uh, custom design of... Uh, Oh my god, what's the name of the coffee shop guy? Is it Brewster? Yes, Brewster. She made her own custom design of his face. I think <laughs> I have <laughs> seen that. Yeah, like so people have made their own coffee shops within the game that look like Brewsters. And yes. it's pretty fucking great. I love it. But come on, bring back coffee shop cuz I need to have the difficult uh time of figuring out what all these villagers and random villagers I don't know want on their orders <laughs> of coffee. I always looked it up online because I didn't want to disappoint anybody. Dude, uh, one of our old friends, uh, Nick, he showed me he had a fucking spreadsheet (laughs) that he made where he logged down every villager's coffee order. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. This is what Google is for. (laughs) Oh, man. That made me laugh so hard when he showed me that. I was like, Nick. (laughs) That is amazing. That's oh, devotion. Boy. It is super devotion. Speaking of Mario, um, a long, long time ago, you and I were talking. I don't know if we did it on the podcast, and you mentioned you really loved Mario Galaxy. And yeah. for the first time, I'm playing Mario Galaxy. Oh, cool. It is such a good game. I really like it. Uh, very cool, inventive kind of physics with like you can you know the gravity and the upside down and all that stuff it's super cool i love it i'm glad you're enjoying it yes i got that three pack of the uh, mario 3d uh all stars oh yeah that just came out mm -hmm, it came with uh, mario 64 and then mario sunshine which i think was a gamecube game and then the galaxy Sweet. uh, Yeah, I was wondering if that was any good. I um, 
Never played Sunshine. Uh, Sunshine is the one I'm struggling with the most. It has a unique story, but I'm struggling with the controls a bit. Uh, because you have this little water backpack and like the goal of the game is to like spray away pollution. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've watched uh they play it a lot on Giant Bomb or at least they did a series where one of them was playing through it and it was like really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, Mario 64, although I kind of put it aside for Galaxy, but I love it because it's such a simple kind of 3D game. It really reminds me of early Tomb Raider, too. That one's fun. I like that it's one a so lot. It's so blocky. I, uh, I know. I remember being so pleased that you could hear Mario talk, because that was the first one where you could hear Mario's voice. Oh, yeah. I, I got think. that letter from uh, Peach, and she's like, Mario, please come to my ha- castle for some cake. And I was just like, this is weird. <laughs> this is <laughs> not how your voice. Like, voice. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm You're excited spiders. For, yes. I'm excited for spiders in spooky season. But uh, <laughs> let's get into our regulars. What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched was Boyhood uh, from 2014, directed by Richard Linklater. And it was just okay. Like, there were <laughs> <laughs> there were things I liked about it, things I didn't like about it. Uh, overall, uh, I was telling Rhea about this off-cast. I liked that it didn't uh, have, like, the typical coming-of-age movie moments. Like, there's no big virginity scene. There's not a lot about, like, there's no prom night or anything like that. It, it doesn't, it's not interested in those types of things about growing up. Uh, so I appreciated that. But overall, I thought the boy was kind of uh, boring. Like, he just doesn't really have much of a personality. And um, I don't know. It was just a little too slow moving. And uh, I liked his parents more. Like, like if that movie was just about Patricia Arquette's character as the mother, I think it would have been a really good movie like if it was just if it had shifted its focus and it was called like motherhood it would be a better movie (laughs) (laughs) oh man i remember this movie just everyone and their fucking dog was just gushing over it except for the handful of feminist publications that i read that were like this movie sucks (laughs) (laughs) because it's about a boy i didn't find it like anti-feminist like it just wasn't very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like none of the feminist publications were saying it was like sexist or anti-feminist in any in any way, but they were just pointing out a culture of these kind of movies that get like the utmost respect about teen adolescence when it's framed around a boy, and yet there's oodles of movies about teen adolescence framed around girls that just get, you know, like poo-pooed. Oh yeah. I uh, definitely don't disagree. Um, there was a movie called Girlhood that came out a little bit later that I feel like the title was more of a response to that movie, just in title alone. Uh, it's about this uh, black girl in France who uh, kind of gets in with a bad crowd uh, and it's 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 really fucking cool because it's just this gang of girls in France and they're just like 
all black and uh it, it, it is a coming of age drama um and i don't know i just i really liked seeing that side of french cinema because it, it's not very well captured when did that come out it also came out in 2014 oh I think I remember you talking about it a little bit, but I'll be honest, I don't remember much about... 2014? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it feels like 80 years ago? Yes, exactly. Uh, well, cool. Well, I'm sorry that Boyhood didn't live up to your Boyhood expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I had no expectations going in. I, just, I like Richard Linklater usually, so... Um, I was just curious. I'm glad I watched it, even if I didn't enjoy most of it. Um, what was the last movie you watched? Oh, the last movie I watched was the recent Netflix film, Enola Holmes, starring Millie Bobby Brown, who, if you don't know, plays Eleven on Stranger Things. This movie okay. was super cute. So, What's it about? Uh, it's about Enola Holmes, if you haven't noticed by her last name, is the sister, the teenage sister of Sherlock Holmes. And she's been spending all 16 years of her life. She's way younger than Sherlock and Mycroft. She's been spending all 16 years of her life living in uh, her family home with her mother for company. And her mother gives her a very untraditional uh, childhood of a young woman of the time period where she teaches her how to fight, you know, how to, you know, uh, just do lots of stuff that a boy would learn, but not a girl. And then on her 16th birthday, her mother goes missing. And she decides to set out into the world to try and discover what happened to her mother. And her brothers are hot on her tail because they both kind of want to control what her future is going to be. It was such a fun mystery action movie. And Millie Bobby Brown is such a, a really good actress. I love to see her kind of just like doing more just like to see her doing more outside of strangers things outside of stranger things my god and uh i she produced this movie which i thought was really cool and it was just a it was just a really good like period piece teen movie i enjoyed it immensely it sounds cute it was really cute uh her mom was paid by helena bottom carter and um sherlock was paid by henry cavill Oh, okay. Yeah. They decided to go very, very sexy for this one. <laughs> right? I mean, like, I think he might be the sexiest Sherlock ever in modern history. Because I'm like, you chose uh, Superman to be um, Sherlock Holmes. Okay, I'm here for it. I can get into this. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even know that existed. I... Uh, it's just on Netflix because we watched Poltergeist for repertory screenings and uh, didn't even Do you still see like it. it? Oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, it's, it's still so good. <laughs> okay, cool. I was just wondering. <laughs> hey, I know that yeah, you, no. did, you liked it, but I was just like, like I, hoped, I hoped that it still uh, was still great in your in your mind. Oh yeah, no, it holds up beautifully. In fact, uh, the discussion we had, there were all these themes and things that I didn't really catch in watching it all the time growing up, and it was kind of nice to like explore those, and it made me appreciate it even more. Oh, that's awesome! 
Do you consider that movie more of a Toby Hooper movie or more of a Steven Spielberg movie? It's a Toby Hooper movie. That's true. I, Steven I Spielberg I mean, could never do something that creepy with that clown doll. <laughs> and I just think the way that the family is written and or not written, but because uh, Spielberg wrote it, but just the way some of the themes play out, and I just feel like I don't think it's fair to say that Spielberg directed that movie. Agreed. I just feel like I see that sentiment come up a lot. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And it's stupid. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm like, don't do this to Toby. That's mean. <laughs> it is mean. I, um, I don't know. I still, I still love the movie. I, I think it's so good. I don't have anything else to say. I did read a synopsis of the remake, and I was so upset. That oh, really? No... Why? Yeah, the, the remake doesn't have Tangina. What? What did they do? They, they there's like a priest or something, and then there's a whole oh. plot with a drone. <laughs> it's weird, and and apparently they're making another one. Like there's one pl- a Russo brothers remake planned uh, for like next year or something. Man, I don't know. Just can stop. we remake this movie again? <laughs> like, why do we need more remakes of a movie that's just fine? I'm actually going to rewatch this as part of my uh, 31 movies goal because when I first saw it, I feel like I was really judgmental about it because I was such a horror snob, quote unquote, when I saw it, which was in my collegiate 20s. And I actually think I would appreciate it more now that I'm in my uh, 30s. So I think I'm going to rewatch it, Destiny. Oh, definitely do. It it holds up. I don't know. I've I've loved it. It's a childhood staple. So I just I practically have the damn thing memorized. I just I've always loved it. It's not even my favorite horror movie. It's just it's up there. It's probably in my top ten. Um, oh, that's a good idea too. We should do top ten horror movies. All right, I will make a note. We will do yes. that in October. All right. Uh, you ready to move on to the next? Oh segment? yeah. All right. And now it's time for Oh, oh Bad Girl. Girl. That's, that's my jam. My jam. jam. We're going to get it when we're in person. <laughs> <laughs> if we it's ever gonna... are again. We'll have to record yeah. with masks on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to sound great again, guys. But for now, it still sounds great. That's the quarantine uh, in, in sync that you're going to get for now. <laughs> uh, Destiny, what's your jam? Uh, it is a song that you sent me, and I Ooh. couldn't stop listening to it. Uh, we, we talked about Orville Peck last week, and you sent me the video for Dead of Night, and that is my jam this week. Cause oh my god, I'm so excited! Tell me all I, about it. I just, it, it's got this, like, dreamy sort of, like, uh, it does remind me a lot of the... Um, music that they used a lot in Twin Peaks The Return. There is like a Lynchian vibe to it. Um, I think the lyrics are very dreamy. Uh, He's got a great voice. I just really enjoyed it. Like I listened to more of his other stuff and it's all really great but that one specific song Dead of Night um, is my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, that was the first song I heard by him, too. And it just cuts you deep, doesn't it? It makes an impression. It's a very good song. Um, 
Yeah, I listened. I didn't really like his duet with Shania Twain. It just was a little. I'm not a big country music fan, so I just have a hard time with that genre. <laughs> like, I'm very picky about what I like. And so it didn't really hit me that hard, but I like him overall. I think his albums are solid. So I was pleased. So thank you for sending that to me. You're very welcome. I'm so happy to hear that you like that song. Uh, I listened to that record on repeat at the beginning of this year because I thought it was so good. And he has such a unique look and kind of persona that is very captivating to me. Oh, yeah. With his fringe covering his face. Yes. Well, my jam is kind of an old school jam because I have just been in this mood to listen to, uh, let me uh, tell you what I type into the search bar in Spotify, Girl Pop 2000s. (laughs) 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 That has been my mood. So I've been shuffling through those playlists and I forgot how Bangin' the song Always on Time by Ashanti and Ja Rule is. Fuck, that's on <laughs> rules. Uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. Yes. <laughs> I did not like it when it came out because dreadful snob. And also just like, it didn't really move me in any specific way. But now as an older woman, when I want to dance, I will, that, 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 that's on the playlist. Oh, I love it. It's been so fun revisiting some of these like old pop songs I like. And another one uh, was Whitney Houston's uh, It's Not Right, But It's Okay, the remix Ooh, version. Yeah, I was just about to say, if it's not the remix version, you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Thank God I'm doing I, it right then. <laughs> I was at a birthday party before COVID hit in January. And somebody put that on just to be funny. And me and my friend Enrique lost our shit. We were having, we were like, yes! (laughs) Isn't that the best feeling though? (laughs) Oh yeah. I have this new tick that didn't happen when Whitney Houston died, but I was with you when I found that out. But uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, now I can't listen to her voice without crying. (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't know this. (laughs) It's a new thing that happened like recently i was listening to a song of hers called um my love is your love and for some reason just certain notes you'll hit i just get emotional i'm like oh what a beautiful voice no it's very weird i kind of like that though i think it's sweet and touching (laughs) i don't understand myself (laughs) i understand you perfectly well But yeah, love that remix. What are some other girl uh, pop songs from the 2000s you're digging? Oh man, what was the other one I I was listening to on repeat? (sighs) A lot of them, you know, are just like filled with Britney Spears and uh, Mandy Moore, interestingly (laughs) enough. Oh yeah, she she was a contemporary of Britney Spears. Like there was this one playlist where it's like half of it is like, Britney Spears and the other half is Mandy Moore and I'm like I need some variety (laughs) (laughs) oh are these the the Spotify listener playlists yes yeah those are always fun because it's somebody's workout music usually so the the mixes are not put together very well I found uh some some like singles by uh certain uh kind of like R&B pop groups that I really liked uh Black's Give It All To Me 
that one came up on shuffle and I was like, oh yeah, I used to love this song and listen to it all the time. Was black spelled with a Q? It was, yes. Oh God, what a time to be alive. (laughs) I just love the way you said that. (laughs) I also, uh, the 702, where are my girls at? From the front to that back. That song is still a jam. I liked yeah. that song when it came out, and I still like it now. That that <laughs> song is great. Remember Total? No. Oh, that was another girl group. Uh, I think they were on Bad Boy Records, but you might want to check them out if you're. I think I am. If that's your. If it's it's a little more '90s, I think. But okay, that's now fine. I, I just don't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like girl groups, R and B girl groups. Yeah, there's a, a rich well to dig from, I feel like. <laughs> oh, man. That is fun. I uh, I listen to more 80s music than 90s music or 2000s music because I was just such a dreadful snob in the 2000s because when, when I was in high school. So if it wasn't a fucking Saddle Creek band, I wasn't about it. Like, you, what What was your favorite one? Was it the, the one that starts with a D that I can't pronounce? Are you talking about Desaparecidos? Yes. Was that your favorite? Or was it Cursive? Uh, that was probably my third favorite. Cursive okay. was my first favorite. Then The Faint. Oh, okay. Then uh, Desaparecidos, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, because I'll still, like, listen to those if I'm trying to evoke a certain mood. Like, I just recommended, I have a friend that's going through a hard time, and I'm like, you should listen to this Good Life album. <laughs> if you need, like, sad drunk white man music uh really <laughs> what a great descriptor uh well my friend was a sad white man who was gonna get drunk so i was like well you gotta listen to this <laughs> god when you said those words sad drunk man sad white drunk man music it reminded me of when connor ober stumbled out onto stage at the at that um oh that one arena in council bluffs and he had like a pbr before he started playing Lover I Don't Have to Love, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that just evoked a whole image in my head, Destiny. I think I was probably at that show. I, I went think to you so many too. Bright Eyes shows back in the day. <laughs> that was like, the one with the faint. Oh, well, I mean, there were a few. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I want to take- say there were a few. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. It's You know what? I'll have to ask my high school best friend, because my high school best friend has a better memory of this stuff than I do. <laughs> Oh, man. What a snob I was back then, too, in my college days. And it's so funny, because music doesn't, like, some of it holds up. Especially, like, Cursive and the Faint holds up. But, like, I cannot listen to a Bright Eyes album now. Dude, same. I tried. And I'm just like, this is really overwrought. (laughs) It's overwrought. I I don't even think I can relate to it. I don't understand what I related to in it back then. But teens are teens. Yeah. Hashtag teens. Hashtag teens. (laughs) So it is also, despite being spooky season coming up, thank God, uh, it is also uh, the time of the year where I start really getting into a new planner for for 2021. Yes, yes. The meat and potatoes, uh, the vegan meat and potatoes of the episode. (laughs) Yes. It's planner talk time. I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Destiny, I've been really struggling this year and a little bit of last year trying to find a planner system that really worked for me. 
I don't know what, what do it was. What do you usually uh, work with? Well, I mean, like, I, I just feel like all the planners I was looking at kind of, like, hit certain things I wanted, but then the other ones, like, but then they didn't have enough of the other thing. So, like, oh. to kind of explain, like, I had a Hobonichi a few years ago, and I know that everyone kind of, like, praises the Hobonichi for being, like, truly flexible, and you can do whatever you want with it, but whenever I had the Hobonichi... It just looked like a blank journal to me. So my natural instinct was to write in it like a journal. And I just, and it was very hard for me to keep track of like dates and like deadlines and stuff, which I kind of need, not as much as uh, some other people, but I still, I still do kind of need it. And so I decided to switch from that to the Jibun Teko, which is more structured. But then when I was working through that one, it was too structured and I had like way too many thoughts in my head and I had no place to put them. So I spent so long just like looking at like the 8 million videos on YouTube trying to find a planner that was like a little bit structured but also had a lot of free space for, you know, just note taking and lists because I do that a lot. And I think I kind of found what I'm going to try something new for 2021 i'm gonna try aaron condren okay those are nice planners i um i just get a blank book and i buy like calendar template stickers or stamps and that's how i that's my planner system so like i'll have a monthly page i don't do weekly pages i just do i do a month spread and then like daily pages as needed so like i don't have to write in it every day uh, and then I always have like a little tiny, like a post-it note or somewhere where space on that month page where I can put stuff for the following month if there's stuff coming up. Like for instance, if I have a doctor's appointment that's only once a month. So uh, I'll always put that on the next month's page. But um, that way I have plenty of space and I don't feel like I'm leaving a bunch of blank spots and like the current kind of system I, I kind of do a mixture of um bullet journaling I guess it is just bullet journaling where you kind of just write out your to-do list with like observations uh but I have a separate journal for just like my thoughts and feelings like that's just that's not really a, a planner per se it's a it's a journal uh so that's that's how I plan I always like that. And I, you were the one who actually got me into bullet journaling, but then I kind of fell into the same pattern where like I would make these spreadsheets and then it would just become a diary. And then oh, it would be maybe le- you just it need would a diary. Less- yeah. And so basically I like one of the things I did this year was I actually bought a separate diary to just write when I feel when I have like so many thoughts spilling out of my head, I have to write it down. And that helped a lot. And then uh, the Erin Condren planner I got is not her life planner because that's just too fucking intense for me. (laughs) I got her monthly planner, which is a little bit of a simplified version of her life planner where it just has a monthly spread, like a page for goals for the month, and then just eight blank pages lined. Or you can choose what the blank pages are, like dotted or whatever. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm like, I'm able to write... 
like my little notes and balances and all the stuff I do and then have something structured enough to keep track of my um like my appointments and dates and then also even a little goal setter so I hope it works (laughs) I've been struggling I've been struggling trying to find a fucking planner is that a binder style one where you can take those in and out I've never had one of those before and I I hope it works out for you I uh, think those are really cool yeah, I had to go, I tried a couple of, um, that's another thing too, because God, I, I love the lay pl- flat planners, but I can't do those because usually when I'm writing in a planner, I don't have much desk space because I'm usually, I have a small desk now, I usually am surrounded by a lot of bullshit, and sometimes I use, I usually use like the planner as like the my hard service that I'm writing on. So a spiral one that I can flip over is kind of my style. It's it's from my college days because that's how I did my notes. I never had a two-page spread. I always was like one-page flip-over kind of shit. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, no, these the study... Is it called Study Blur? Oh, I don't know. What is this? Oh, it, it's a mixture of... It's a portmanteau of study and Tumblr where people oh. have like beautiful school notes. I don't what I the? don't relate to that. That is not how I took notes in college. Oh my god, really? This is a thing. Look up study blur. Uh S T U D Y B L R. Okay. And it's just like uh, it's it's just a hashtag people use on Tumblr and um sorry, a, a tweet just popped into my head. One of my friends uh, one of my online friends tweeted the other day, like, I still use Tumblr because it feels like walking through a cemetery. <laughs> hey, man, I still use Tumblr on the daily. It's just become extremely curated images for me. You know, I don't mind it. It's it's a little like it's a little weird to say that, like, it's not as good as it was before, because I I'm not referring specifically to the fact that it had porn on it. It just seemed more robust, robust when more people were using it. I will agree with that. And I, I'm going to be honest, too. I didn't realize how much porn I was looking at until they took it away. And I was like, <laughs> isn't that the way? I was like, holy shit. I was looking at a lot of dumbass porn on this goddamn site. And then it was just gone. And I'm like, fuck. Shit. Yeah. Don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> now everyone has all their porn logs on, like, their Patreon and I'm like, no, I'm like, shit. You gotta pay for it. This is, I mean, it's an industry. It's true. It's true. You should but, always uh, tip your local porn uh, curator. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's my experience. But like, I never really engaged with like Tumblr as kind of like a fan space. Uh, probably because one of the people that I knew, internet people I knew that we started out friends on live journal and migrated to tumblr she was just like the biggest drama machine on live (laughs) journal already with like fan wars about like her ships and stuff like that and then with tracking tumblr tags she became even worse and Mm -hmm. i'm just like sometimes you just gotta let some shit go (laughs) i just never engaged like okay no let me backtrack. I have engaged with fandom on that level, and it's exhausting, so I just I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that since I was very young, but it's just not interesting to me. When people do that now, I'm like, people are still doing this? <laughs> yeah. 
Like, one of the things I actually had to, I unfollowed her many years ago. But one of the reasons I unfollowed her is because she tracked, uh, let's see me use an example. So there was a show, uh, The Flash. And so she would track um, the, the tag Iris and Barry, who are uh, a couple on the show. And then people would tag Iris and Barry when they were talking about the other girl on the show who they preferred to be with in conversation with that, you know? So they just tagged it to kind of just cover their bases. And she would reblog every single one and say, get out of this fucking hashtag. And I'm like, you are, what a waste of time. I'm like, if you can't stand it, I, maybe you should get out of the hashtag. Yeah. Sounds like you should leave. Yeah. And I mean, like I can understand like, cause some of them were saying like really offensive shit uh, and she would call them out appropriately, which I appreciated. But then most of the time, it was just people sharing their opinions, and she would just reblog them and just shit on them. And it was no surprise to me that she became such a pariah in the different fandoms that she was a big name fan in because of this kind of attitude. And I'm just like, well, you know, don't act like this. That is so funny. Yeah, no, I never followed any fandom stuff on tumblr that was not where what i used it for i just it was a pretty image machine it still is a pretty image machine yeah that's what me. i used it for and apparently i use mm-hmm. it for a porn machine as well but uh <laughs> it's still a pretty image machine for me as well oh and yes sometimes i will reblog a good planner spread i don't know <laughs> how the listeners uh, is this something people are into because i am into it like me and ria love planners planner culture (laughs) i know Uh, i find myself i actually i could use some recommendations because when i usually type in planner bullshit when i'm looking up shit on youtube i just click the first video because i'm usually looking for something very specific like a flip through and then i've noticed i've been kind of getting into like oh i want to see how someone made a planner out of a out of like a three ring binder that they got from dollar tree and uh Man, I like all these girls, but they're all white. They're all white and of a certain kind of personality. I really need to diversify my planner people up. Yeah, the planner community, like, it's really hard to find diversity, but it's out there. I I don't know. I mostly interact through YouTube uh, with it, Um, Pinterest, uh, but... I'm less interested these days in planners and more interested in like junk journaling scene. Mm. Can you explain that? Yeah. Junk journaling is, it's essentially this um, book that's usually handmade that you put together by collecting various papers and ephemera and you put it all together into a handmade book and then you just use it to keep, you know, you can just put other pages and add pages to it. You can do art in it. You can write in it. You can use it for whatever you want, whatever you want to use a notebook for. But the thing that makes it fun is that you don't know what kind of paper you're going to end up on. You don't know, like, you know, it's, it's all combined of just like a bunch of junk that you throw together. Um, and it is, I don't know. I just really like the way it looks. I like the aesthetic of it. Um, and I've made quite a few of these, uh, on my own, just inspired by various people on YouTube. And so that's been kind of my YouTube and, or excuse me, my social media uh, paper nerd wheelhouse right now is junk journaling. <laughs> I love this. 
I also want to point out that Destiny gave me a junk journal and for my birthday. <clears throat> and I immediately fell in love with it. Just... I made it with my own two hands. <laughs> it's just the experience of flipping through it. It's such a precious book to me. Like, I knowing that you made it and just, like, flipping through it is such a fun experience. And the way you created it. I'm using it as a common journal, which is a type of old-timey journal. That, oh, a commonplace uh, book. Commonplace book. Thank you. And so I'm writing, like, all the quotes that I love in this book. And I'm planning on putting it on my bookshelf once I'm done. So that, that makes me really it. happy because like I was afraid that you weren't going to use it because it was like this thing that I put together and granted like I'm not the best at it all my shit turns out lopsided but like I, holding one of these things if you ever like get a hold of one or if you ever make one yourself it would be intimidating to use it if you weren't familiar with like or if you're just not comfortable with like oh this all these different kinds of paper because I for Rias I used a mixture of I believe watercolor papers, mm -hmm. scrapbook papers, and um, pages from a book that I had altered, um, uh, like an old paperback. So, like, I was afraid you were going to receive it and be like, oh, it's too pretty to write in, or it's too, not to toot my own horn, but too delicate. And so I'm really glad you're actually using it. That makes yes. me really happy. I love it. I knew it was a special book and I wanted to do something special with it. So that is what I'm doing with it because I watched a Jet Pens video about different ways of journaling and they mentioned the commonplace book. And I'm like, I love this idea. And it's just filled with a bunch of quotes from like movies and just like real people. And I like draw around them or paint around them and do all sorts of fun stuff. I'll have to take some pictures and show you. I would love that if you were to yeah. send me some photos. Cause I, I, this is the kind of stuff I love looking at. Um, I, ever since I was a high school student, I've always collected quotes into a notebook, but I don't, commonplace books have like the cross-referencing system where like you're putting page numbers, right? Isn't that kind of? Oh no, mine's super simple. I just write okay. the quote and who it is and that's it. <laughs> okay. Cause some people do these like very complex indexing systems with commonplace books. Like they'll separate the quotes by theme or oh, wow yeah and so like if go to pinterest and just look at commonplace books and you'll okay. see like it get it can get really complex so yeah mine was always very loose um it was a combination of poetry excerpts and quotes and then like sometimes i'd put my own writing in there so i have a couple of these notebooks from high school that i kind of <laughs> keep as like keepsakes because they're just little treasure tropes of all the weird shit I was into back oh, then. Oh, I love this. Are you kidding me? It's like keeping an old journal. Oh, yeah. I have journals dating back from when I was nine. I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but you probably knew that. I did, um, yeah. I, I also always, have journals I'm on dating my 20th back pretty journal. far. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have the problem now where I'm in an apartment and I don't really have anywhere to, like, store them, so they're just kind of in a bin under my bed, but... Yep, I've been keeping diaries since I was nine, and um, lately I've just been, since I've been into junk journaling, I've been putting, like, just trying to put more art in the book so they're not just me dumping all my feelings. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been really fun to put together. I highly recommend if you are a person that is inclined to write, you should keep a journal, like, if you're not already doing that. Yes, I just think that journaling is such an enriching experience. I didn't realize, like, I bought a bunch of uh, Studio Ghibli journals on a whim. <clears throat> and 
uh, like right at the start of quarantine. And there was one of them that I filled the whole journal in a month. And I didn't realize like how much like was like kind of pent up thoughts I had because of like COVID and the state of the world until I filled up that whole journal in a fucking month. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. That being said, I think we're going to wrap up here. Yes. Thank you for sitting through our old lady notebook talk. But like, this is fascinating. If you're into stationery or paper or pens and writing letters and stamps, like that is just stickers. Like all that shit has always been uh, a favorite of mine. So I could talk about this for days. Oh, yeah. If you were the kind of person that clutched a sticker binder scrapbook to your chest wherever you went, in the rider moving truck as you were moving across country from California to Nebraska. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a very specific person. It must have been you. But yeah, I had the, I had this one like Lisa Frank uh, sticker scrapbook that I just carried with me everywhere for years. Do you still have it? Yes. It has a big horse on it. I would love to see that. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'll dig it out. You can find more uh, episodes and show notes at our website, which is part of Abnormal Mapping's uh, podcast network. And we are at abnormalmapping.com uh, slash badlandgirls. Uh, we're also on iTunes, so you can rate and review us there, please. Thank you. And then uh, you can reach to us at reach out to us at badlandgirls at gmail.com and tell us your thoughts and feelings about all the journal talk we did today. <laughs> and then we're also uh, on Twitter at Badland Girls and on Facebook. Just search Badland Girls. You did that beautifully. Thank you. All right. Well, until next time, friends. Always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls.